Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. Mark chapter 7, this is such a, a beautiful passage. It's the, it's the only gospel that specifically describes this encounter that Jesus has with a Gentile man. I want you to understand there are certain portions of this that just really pop when it comes to the wonder and the awe and the beauty, the significance of Christ. I love what Jesus does. Look at what it says in verse 33. The Bible says Jesus led him away from the crowd so they could be alone. If you're taking notes, and we know that history makers are Note takers, I want you to write this down. Number one, we need to get in an environment of faith. We need to get in an environment of faith. Jesus had to lead the man away from the crowds so they could be alone. I want you to know environments are so important. Can I have a good amen? The environments that we place ourselves in, they, they shape how we think. They shape how we act. How many of you know a negative environment will produce a critical spirit? But, but a positive environment, it produces faith and the supernatural. You know, you begin to see the results of, of being in a faith-filled environment. That's why I think church is so important. Being in church, what do we say? I think I spent the whole month of January telling you two things in 22. Two things in 22. A brand new you, two things in 22. Number one, be in church. Number two, be in your word. Why are those things important? Because when you're in an environment like this, it is filled with faith. You know, maybe you're watching at a campus or you're watching online. And when you're dialed into a moment like this, you're creating space for God to do something supernatural. So you're like, well, I'm not sure I care for God's people. Listen, if you don't like God's people and you don't like God's place now, what makes you think you belong in heaven? Because it's kind of God's people and God's place. Can I have a better Amen. Being in, in, in the house of God, making a commitment is creating an environment of faith, leaning into the word. Why do you need the word in you? Because Paul said in Romans 10, 17, that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. We need to get in environments of faith. And Jesus pulled this man away from the crowd. Can I tell you this, church? We can't live for crowds. You just can't do it. You can't, when I think of culture, and God bless culture, but we're not living to please culture. Why did Jesus pull this man away from the crowd? Because Jesus knew that crowds were fickle. They praise you one minute and condemn you the next. Uh, They shouted Hosanna on one weekend, and the next weekend they were shouting crucify. You just can't live for crowds. You got pulled him away from the crowd. I tell you, crowds can be a distraction. And we live in a world that's filled with distraction. Some of us are missing our moments with God because we're so distracted. And then we obsess over Fox News or CNN and what's happening globally. And, and, and I'm not trying to minimize the, the struggle of today. But I'm telling you, you can be busy chasing all other things and then miss what matters most. 
And Jesus had to pull this man away from the crowd because he wanted him to dial in. Listen, let's don't be distracted, church. Let's not be distracted. Can I tell you, you can't win the day if you're not in the day. You got to be fully present. Come on, can I say that again? And we got to take it one day at a time, but you can't win today if you're not in the day. Jesus is pulling this man away from the crowd because he didn't want him to be distracted. He, he wanted to create space for faith. Can I tell you, the supernatural is the result of faith. And God brought you here today because he wanted to build your faith. This man could have focused on his limitations. He, he couldn't speak. He couldn't hear. Sometimes we obsess over the things that we can't do. Sometimes we, we battle such insecurities that it's hard for us to focus on Jesus. How many of you have pockets of insecurity in your life? Oh, yeah. And the devil wants you to focus on what's not true about you. Can I tell you this? That a lie has speed, but truth has endurance. A lie has a lot of speed. We'll post something, repost something, we'll hear something, man, it'll just take off. A lie can travel really fast, but truth has endurance. And I'm living for truth. I want to endure to the end. Jesus said, focus on me. You know, when we focus on the Lord, our faith is built. Jesus pulls this man aside. I love, I love what he does in separating this man from the crowd. Jesus is getting ready to have a moment with this man and didn't want the man to be distracted or to be inhibited. He says, hey, this is just you and me. It's kind of like when you go to the doctor's office. How many of you, you go to the doctor's office and you walk into the waiting room and you just sit down and you kind of scan the place and you're thinking, I wonder what he's here for. I wonder what's wrong with her. And then the nurse comes to the door to call you. Aren't you glad the nurse doesn't call your name and say, hey, the doctor's ready to look at that rash. <laughs> Aren't you glad she's not making any announcements to the waiting room? Uh, hey, Mr. Bill, doctor's ready to see that toe fungus. We got a fungus among us. No. You're called from the waiting room into a private meeting with the doctor. Why? To preserve your dignity. I love how Jesus is always bringing dignity to those who are struggling to make life work. Can I tell you, as a church, that's the spirit. If you're going to bring healing to people, man, we're going to create space. Now, it's an environment of faith, but we want to bring dignity to you in the midst of your struggles. It's what I love about Jesus. He has such great love and respect for this man. He pulls this man aside, and he begins to talk to him. You know, we, we have to be willing to let Jesus into our weaknesses. You know, if you want to impress people, you talk about your strengths. But if you want to impact people, you got to talk about weakness. Here's what I love about Jesus, that our weaknesses are safe with him. He knows our areas of struggle. Now, that person sitting next to you may not. This, this church may not. Sometimes in, in a crowd, we like to put on a front. But when we're alone with Jesus, he sees us for who we really are. And we can trust him with the not-so-good parts of our lives. Now, how many of you know you're not going to impress Jesus? You know, you're, you're not going to fake him out. 
he, he knows. He can x-ray the soul. He, he knows what we're struggling with. He knows where, where we're weak. And if we talk to him about our weaknesses, then he can offer us his strength. I love what John Henderson said. He said, God rarely places us in circumstances that highlight our strengths. Rather, he lovingly places us in circumstances that expose our weaknesses. Why? So that he might reveal himself as our sufficiency. Number one, we got to get in an environment of faith. Jesus pulls this man away from the crowds. Now, notice what it says in verse 33, the last half. It says, Jesus put his fingers into the man's ears. Then spitting on his own fingers, he touched the man's tongue. Looking up to heaven, he sighed, and he said, Ephrathah, which means be opened. The second thing I want you to see is this. Don't put God in a box. Don't limit how God does what he does. Puts his fingers in the man's ears. That's a little gross. (laughs) Hey, I love you, but I'm not putting my finger in your ear. Because I don't know what I'm going to pull out. Come on, somebody. And then he spits. This is your Bible. I'm not making this up. This is what Jesus does. How many of you, now now spit is very helpful. How many of you, your mama, if you had hair standing up, come on, talk to me. She's licking this right here. and Little spit's going to keep that hair down. Come on, did your mamas do that? Was my mom the only one? Or if you had a little something crusty right here on, here, come here, boy. Come, come here, let me get that. Let me get that for you. <laughs> there was like a healing balm in mama's spit. Come on. <laughs> this is funny. You know, the, the text says that, 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 that some of the crowd said, hey, heal this man, lay hands on him, and heal him. How many of you know that you don't determine the way God heals? Now, we may have a preference, but God's going to do what God does, and he doesn't need our permission. Now, listen, at the end of our time together, if we have an altar moment, we've got prayer partners, and we've got you know, pastors that are going to minister to you, ain't nobody sticking their finger in your ear. <laughs> Nobody's hawking loogies today. How many of you sometimes people do weird things, and they blame God for it? But we're going to let God do what he does. Sometimes the Lord will color outside the lines of your understanding. How many of you know God, the totality of God, cannot fit in the box of your understanding? If God, if you understand everything about God, then he ceases to be God. You've just made yourself God. How many of you know that we are finite? We are limited, and a limited mind cannot hold a limitless God. It's good to have questions, but let's give God the freedom to do what he does and not always have to understand. Does that make sense? I remember years ago when I was in college, I went to a a church service, and and I sat in the very back. It was on a Sunday night. And, man, they had such a powerful move of God, and, man, people were laid out on the floor. And I'd never seen anything like this. Laid out on the floor. People were laughing and laid out. And, man, I'm like, man, what is going on here? And the, the, the pastor, he saw me in the back of the church. There was a reason why I was in the back. 
I didn't want to be seen. He saw me and he knew when I was in college, I played ball. And so he recognized me and said, hey, where's my basketball player friend? I know I saw him walk in here. I'm like, oh, Lord, he's not talking about me, is he? He walked halfway down the aisle and he saw me and he says, you, come here. You need some of this. I'm like, oh, oh. how many's ever been in a situation you're like, man, we fixed a scrap right now. I'm like, man, I, I'm not. I don't care how hard he blows on me. I don't care how, if he takes off that jacket and slings it at me, if he, if he pushes me, I'm pushing back. Come on, anybody? Am I the only one? Look, don't look so religious out there. You know you thought it too. And I thought, okay, here we go. So I get up and I start. He, he, he walked halfway down the aisle. He motioned me to come forward, and he turned, and he walked toward the front. And I'm thinking, man, we're fixing a fight in the front of the church. (laughs) About halfway down the aisle, I didn't even make it to the front area. Halfway down the aisle, it felt like somebody was pushing my head down. I didn't see anybody. Nobody touched me. Nobody spit upon me. Nobody hit me. But boom, I was Velcroed to the floor. And I know it was the power of God because I was fighting it the whole way. And, out, man, and, and it's in that, that moment, I realized that I can't limit what God does based on my own understanding. God's doing new things all the time. You know, you know it's, it's, it's funny to me because Isaiah 43, we, we pray this. We, we, uh, the, the scripture says, do not remember the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Somebody say new thing. And now it shall spring forth. Don't you know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and give you rivers in the desert. Can I tell you, we pray God do a new thing all the time. And then when God starts to do a new thing, no, Lord, give me that old thing. Isn't that what the children of Israel did? Man, 400 years of being slaves in Egypt. And God set them free, and they were constantly complaining, wanting to go back to the old thing that they'd come out of. God's doing new things. Uh, why would Jesus heal this man this way? Blind Bartimaeus just got a, 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 a touch and a prayer. Oh, but this guy going to get fingers in the ear and a little spit touching his tongue. Oh, gross. Lord, why you got to do it that way? Why does God change his methods, I believe, so that we'll focus on the man and not the method. God wants our focus to be on Jesus. Can I tell you, Jesus will change his methods. And you know what? He wants the church to change her methods sometimes too. You know, I was reading a a study from George Barna, the Barna Group. Um, And he does church statistics, and he's done so for years. He said this, that culture changes. Culture reinvents itself every two to three years. But the church reinvents itself every 30 to 40 years. How many of you know if if we're on a 30 to 40 year cycle of change, but the culture we're trying to engage is changing every two to three years, how many of you know we're going to be out of touch really, really fast? Now listen, I'm talking about methods now. The methods have to change. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Man, Jesus doesn't change. Can somebody say, thank you, Lord? 
Man, uh, standards of holiness and purity, man. Our devotion to God, the scriptures, man. Uh, all of those things, they stay the same. But how we engage our culture and community has to change. You know, COVID, two years ago, I mean, 24 months ago, COVID accelerated some changes that were already happening. You know, if, 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 we, if we pray for new wine, but we have an old wine skin, come on, talk to me, talk to me. Jesus said, you don't put new wine in an old wine skin. What's he saying? Be flexible. Uh, embrace things that you don't understand. Be willing to change the method in order to bring the man and the message to people who need it most. Are you with me? Come on, put your hands together if you believe that today. Change and disruption. Uh, Jesus did something unorthodox, a little unconventional, easily criticized. I wonder what the crowd would have thought had they seen this. But guess what? It worked. The Bible says Jesus does three things to communicate to the man. First, he looks up. The Bible says he, he looked toward heaven. Why is this important? Because the Lord wants us to know that he is our source. Healing doesn't belong to a denomination or a church or a personality. Healing comes from God himself. And as a body of believers, we have to keep it all about Jesus. It's a dangerous thing when we take credit for something that God has done. Jesus looked to heaven to remind the man, you got to keep your eyes on God. Uh, thank God for, you know, all the ministries that are happening on the earth, but we can't get caught up in the personality or the movement or the denomination. It has to be about Jesus. He is the source. Now, listen, he'll use men and women. How many of you know God will use you, but it's not about you? How many of you want the Lord to use you? Come on, only three of you want God to use you? How many of you want the Lord to use your life? Somebody say, use me, Lord. If you want God to use you, don't make it about you. You see, if you realize that God is your source, then he will constantly flow through you everything that you need to bless people around you. But the moment you start to take credit for something God has done, then the gift stops. If he can trust me to make it about him, he'll always use me. And if this church can stay flexible and, and Lord, we embrace change, and you know, whether that's online prayer for 21 days or whether that's you know, doing some things in media, creativity, and taking some chances and embracing risk, valuing this next generation, you know, understanding the dynamic that our kids are growing up in. Lord, if we can always make it about you, then you will give us what we need to stay relevant today. You see, relevance is not about being cool or being hip or, man, having this better than that. That's not what relevance is. Relevance is meeting needs. Man, and if, if we're meeting needs, if we're serving our community, we're caring for, for, for people and families and coming alongside those who are struggling to make life work, if we always stay about that, we'll always be relevant. Jesus, he, he looks up. 
My prayer is that as a church, we will always look up. Everything we do points to Jesus. Whether it's a song special on a Sunday, or whether it's a sermon, or whether it's, it's watching kids in the nursery, parking cars, everything we do about Jesus. If we always make it about him, he will always use us. Jesus looks up. The second thing he does is he sighs. This was an expression of, of deep compassion. He cared about this guy. And it's amazing how in a crowd of people, hundreds, maybe thousands of people there that day, he sees this one man. Church, it's always about reaching one. Thank God for the multitudes. And I believe that there's an anointing for multitudes. There's a mandate on this house to reach multitudes. But how do we reach the world? By serving one. It's the compassion. Jesus had compassion. He touched the man's ears and his tongue. Jesus was saying, hey, I know you're suffering. I'm with you in your suffering. And trust me, I'm the way out of your suffering. L listen to me. Jesus cares about you. He cares. Some of you are here today and you feel like you're just one in a crowd of, of, of thousands God sees you. He cares about you. He knows your name. He knows your pain. And he brought you here in this moment to remind you that he does wonderful things in your life. He looks up. He sighs. And then he speaks. This shows the authority of Jesus. He speaks. The power of the spoken word. He says, be opened. I'm sure the man could probably read lips. Because he couldn't hear, and, and he could barely speak. But he read the lips of Jesus, and when Jesus said, be open, that was the last time he would ever have to read lips again. The scripture says instantly, look, look at that verse 35, instantly the man could hear perfectly. Somebody say perfectly. And his tongue was freed so he could speak plainly. Somebody say plainly. He could hear Perfectly. That word perfectly means completely. Nothing lacking, nothing missing, nothing undone. For the first time he could hear. Uh, who knows how long he had been unable to hear. But the first thing he could hear was the voice, the words of Jesus. And it was complete. The Bible says that his tongue was loose so he could speak plainly. He spoke plainly. He could speak in a, in a way that you could understand him. It means he no longer sounded like he was from Alabama, but he could actually, I'm just teasing, I'm teasing, I'm teasing. You could understand him when he talked. Come on, everybody say, God bless. Alabama. We love you, we just don't like your football team. <laughs> because you always win. <clears throat> you know what this tells me? Jesus can take what's wrong in your life and he can make it right. Whatever's wrong about you, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. And I want to ask the band to come up. Whatever's wrong in your life, Jesus can take what's wrong and make it right. Sometimes we fixate on what's wrong with us. And Jesus is saying, no, shift your focus to what's right with me. And if we'll focus on what's right about Jesus, we can trust that he'll take care of everything that's wrong with us. Completely, plainly, 
The Bible says in verse 36, and Jesus told the crowd, it's amazing how this, this ends. Jesus told the crowd not to tell anyone. <laughs> but the more he told them not to, the more they spread the news. They were completely amazed and said again and again, everything he does, everything he does, not just most things or some things, but everything he does is wonderful. You know what you, you and I need to do? Here's, here's the commission. We've got to tell of what we've seen. We've got to talk about it. Why would, why would Jesus tell the crowd, no, don't, don't say anything? What, 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 I mean, I know it's pretty amazing, pretty incredible. It's a little different. But wow. Don't, don't say anything. Maybe Jesus didn't want people to chase the miracles, because they did. They did. He'd feed them, you know, bread and fish, two fish and five loaves, fed the multitudes. I mean, they, every time they were hungry, he was their meal ticket, just chasing a miracle. Can I tell you this? We don't chase miracles. We chase Jesus. It's about him. I, if he never did another thing in my life, how many of you, you're, you're just to the point in, in your relationship with God that if he never did another thing, if he never, if, if he never answered another prayer, God, if you never did another thing for me, what you've done is already enough to last me five lifetimes. They were told not to tell anybody, but they couldn't keep their mouth shut. We today are told, tell everyone. Sometimes we struggle to open our mouths. You know, when you've had a great meal, you just want to tell somebody, oh, we ate at this the other day. Oh, man, I had this. Hey, look, we, love, we get so excited over a good meal, we'll take a picture of it and post it. Why? We want the world to know. Look how amazing this is. Are we watching a, a, a basketball game, March Madness? Oh, did you see that game the other night? It was incredible. Go take a trip and, oh man, you, man, we visited this place. Look, look at these pictures, look at these pictures. Can I tell you, we get so excited about other things and we gotta tell people. Yet the most important thing, God's saving us. God forgiving us, God restoring us, God redeeming us, we got to tell of what we've seen and what we've experienced. Don't let what God's done for you just stay with you. Somebody else needs to know that he's more than wonderful. Come on, you received that today. Would you put your hands together? Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit healingplacechurch.org.